What is global health? How do you make a difference in the world of international medicine? Today on Talking Emissions and Med Student Life, I interview Dr. Devon Hale, Dean of Global Health. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Well, welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. And I've got a great guest today I'm with Dr. Devon Hale. Hello, Dr. Hale. Hello there. Um, and I'm very, I feel very privileged to interview you, Dr. Hale, uh, to talk about global health, because uh, I know this has been a passion of yours for many years. And so, you know, when I go out and I give my speeches and I, and I meet students who are interested in our medical school, inevitably they start asking me about opportunities for global health. So let's just start off with the easy question, Dr. Hale. Um, what opportunities are there? So there are good opportunities for global health here. We started back in about 1998 to look at what we could do to make global health opportunities more effective and more rewarding to medical students. And over the past 15 years, that's exactly what we've done. Uh, so most of our programs for first and second years are uh, public health type programs that don't involve clinical work and provide a great opportunity to learn a culture, to learn how someone that treats people in places where you have very few resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so that works out well. The fourth year, elective year then, is even more fun uh, because at that point, the fourth year students can go and participate with a faculty member from one of our sites and actually see patients with that physician. And uh, that provides a great clinical experience in addition to mm-hmm. the culture and what goes on in those countries. So it sounds like there's opportunities during the first two years, but also well as more opportunities during the fourth year when there's a lot of elective time. Right. I think the people that go out their fourth year all have a really good experience. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned sites. So where are the, some of the sites that the University of Utah School of Medicine has a relationship with? Well, we started out uh, learning from Indiana University, who has a site in Kenya. And we've been with them for now 11 years. Uh, that's still our best site as far as a student experience for a fourth year. In Kenya. In Kenya. Okay. But uh, that certainly didn't meet our needs. And so uh, we've looked at, we've uh, enrolled four other sites. Ghana, uh, the Kamasi uh, uh, Hospital and School in Ghana is probably our largest site and uh, our most effective site with regards to helping them. Uh, So we have a huge site there. Uh, We also have sites in India and China and Peru. Wow. So all across the globe. That's right. We've we've tried to make uh, sites diverse enough that we met the needs of different uh, uh, medical students. Now, does the medical student need to speak Spanish or Chinese to go to these sites, or what are the rules pertaining to that? They really don't. However, you surely get a lot more out of it if you, if you speak the language, particularly in China and, and Peru. Uh, so the people that go there without, uh, without the language uh, use that as a time to, to kind of develop language, mm-hmm. but you just get a lot more out of the experience if, if you already know how to speak one, uh, the local language. Okay. And now can you do like all different types of medicine at these places? Like for example, if you're interested in pediatrics or cardiology, could you do that in China or Peru or Kenya mm-hmm. or, or, I mean, how's it set up? So uh, the Kenya, the, the limiting factor in Kenya is that it's mainly internal medicine and pediatrics. Okay. And there really isn't an opportunity to do much else. That's one of the reasons we looked at other sites. 
Uh, in Ghana, for example, we have approximately seven different departments that are helping with residency training programs there. So it's easier to do a rotation in emergency medicine or orthopedics or one of the other disciplines besides uh, medicine and pediatrics. Uh, China, uh, you can do almost any type of specialty there. And again, the language, you surely get a lot more out of it if you know the language. Mm -hmm. But China has a lot more English speakers than Peru. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then uh, with India, it's mainly a a pediatric program. Mm. Uh, And uh, we have a fantastic pediatrician named Bernhard Fossil. He runs the program there. A great program, but but mostly uh, pediatrics. Okay, so if a student's interested in one of these electives, you know, let's pretend India is the student responsible for like transportation and lodging, uh, or are there scholarships available, or how does that work? So uh, the student is uh, the student is responsible for all of the funding, mm-hmm. but there are some ways that uh, we can help with that. Okay, so the main campus has a a, a lottery. Uh, a scholarship that they give you uh, let them know you're wanting to go on a on a international rotation and they put your name in with a lot of other people and about one out of five people get uh, funding for that we also have funding out of the, the global health office here at the med school uh, and it depends a little bit on uh, our donors mm-hmm. and uh, some years we've had great donations and we've been able to uh, fund about a third of the cost okay. of of most students. So, But that's our goal. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to, to be able to help students, not with the whole thing, mm-hmm. but if we can fund a third, that's that's our that's our goal. I think every little bit helps, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so uh, you mentioned public health projects. What kind of public health projects have uh, has the School of Medicine been involved with? So the first and second year uh, programs really are – uh, opportunities to learn good public health principles. Uh, the public health, the school, the uh, public health division here has a program in Barracuma. I think they've been there since 2005. Uh, they take about 25 medical st- or 25 students from here. They and they uh, work then with about 50 medical students from Ghana, and they go out into the communities and evaluate healthcare and. And impediments to health care and ways mm. to improve health care, ways to improve nutrition, sanitation. Uh, so they have a number of projects that they do every year to try and help rural communities deal with health problems better. Uh, that's a great teaching and learning op- opportunity for students. Excellent. Um, how do you hand – what if a student just comes to you and says, I'm really interested in like – let's just say Brazil, and they speak Portuguese, and they want to do some type of uh, you know, educational opportunity, educational experience, um, and help the people of Brazil. Uh, mm-hmm. How does that work with your office? So a little harder to do with the first and year, second year students mm-hmm. uh, because we don't have relationships with those, and we want to be careful that what they do is within, their tra- within the respects of their training. A fourth year, on the other hand, you can do you can go anywhere in the world. So if you don't know where you want to go, we prefer you go to one of our five sites. Okay. But if you're if you know someone in Brazil or you speak Portuguese, uh, then uh, the the student has to find a mentor here at Utah. Okay. And a mentor in Brazil, and the mentor here prepares them. The mentor there is responsible for their learning and evaluation. 
and uh, it provides them the opportunity then to go to a uh, unofficial site mm-hmm. and have a good experience. Okay, excellent. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm doing this podcast because I'm learning so much. You're helping me answer my future questions because I get these <laughs> questions a lot. So, Dr. Hale, I know you, we've, I've heard you speak about this in the past. But I think it would be a good discussion. I know there's been a shift with global health over the years. And let me just tell you what I, how I perceive it. I think it used to be many years ago that you know American medical students, faculty members, what have you, they would, you know, they would collect a bunch of supplies and they would kind of arrange for these trips and they would kind of parachute in to these countries and just kind of give stuff away, which is needed to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the trip would end and people would go home and, you know, the cycle would kind of repeat the next year. Yeah. And I've noticed, because I heard you talk about, there's been a philosophical change when it comes to doing global health. And I wonder if you yeah. talk, talk right. some more about that. So that kind of thing might work best in places where they have no medical access at all. Okay. Uh, so like, but, like disaster zones. That, almost. That's correct. Okay. But, but if there's already some type of a structure mm-hmm. in country, we shouldn't then be competing with that structure. We should be supporting that structure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it's one of the reasons we started this kind of a program because that's what was happening in 1998. Uh, is most of our people were doing that kind of a of a, an experience, uh, and we felt like there is a there was a much better chance for us to actually make a difference mm-hmm. if we had long term relationships with and developed relationships with faculty, so that we faculty knew, in those countries in those countries, okay. so that we knew when our students went there what kind of an experience they would have, uh, and uh, you, you know the. The most effective way we can make a difference in these places is by is by education. Education for us when they teach us. Education for them when we teach them. So that's really our goal at this point. Mm-hmm. Our goal is not to set up a clinic and and take care of patients. Our goal is to learn from them and to teach them. Mm-hmm. I think it's better for us. Mm-hmm. No question it's better for them. To use an old parable instead of giving them the fish – you teach them how to fish. That's right. Is, is, or yeah. is that too oversimplified? Uh, th- that's ideal. Okay. <laughs> if, if, you, if you ever wanted to use that idea, okay. it works for this. I'll attribute it to you. All right. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So, I mean, where do you see global affairs, uh, global health going? I mean, where, where, what's, what's the future look like? Both here at the U, I guess, and then the more broadly. Right. So here at the U, uh, I think we're still in the early stages compared to a lot of medical schools. Mm-hmm. So we're in this in the stage of developing relationships, of exchanging educational ideas. Uh, the next good step is to develop combined research uh, programs between t- uh, our school and other schools, uh, and that could certainly involve students. Uh, so that's the next big step. Uh, and then the other big step is funding. So the problem we've had is almost everything that has been done has been done by very good people willing to pay their own way. Mm-hmm. And at some point, that probably isn't sustainable. So our goal is to look at grants mm-hmm. and donations and ways to make this a more sustainable activity. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Dr. Hale, we have a few minutes left. And since you are the most well-traveled man I know... We're going to talk about some travel tips. All right. Uh, so how many times have you flown to Africa? <laughs> uh, 
I think this is uh, somewhere around 33 times. 33 times. There. That's amazing. And mm-hmm. legend has it. You've never gotten ill and you never get jet lag. So what are your secrets? How do you pull this off? <laughs> uh, that is definitely a legend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but never serious illness. Okay. Ne- never anything that was a, a disaster. Okay. Uh, certainly uh, diarrheal disease is probably the most common risk that anyone get, has when they travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even with very, very careful uh, uh, uh Attention to what you eat and drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, uh, still, there's a risk. Okay. Uh, so, so we, before people go, before people go, they should go to a travel clinic. Okay. They should learn how to stay as healthy as possible. They need the immunizations. They need malaria prophylaxis in some areas of the world. Uh, we want our students to be as safe as possible when they go. And then the thing that I worry about most of all. Is, auto, is is accidents, and particularly auto or auto-pedestrian accidents. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have not had any of those in our program so far, but but I think it's a risk. Yeah. And I think for a lot of the world, there's no traffic rules. There's more traffic right. suggestions. And right. I, I have never been to Africa myself. I've been to Central America, and it's probably not too different, but I'm just shocked by you know people right. passing each other. Right. Going up hills on blind turns, right. there like there should be. There's no lanes really. There's just kind of a free for all. So yeah. yeah, so so I worry a little bit about diseases that we might get. Almost all of those are treatable. Mm-hmm. I worry more about accidents, and we surely want all of our students and our faculty to be careful mm-hmm. and and take the precautions that would make this a safe and good experience. And you mentioned Dr. Hale diseases, and I, I forgot I was going to lead off with this, but you're an infectious disease specialist, right? Right. So what, what attracted you to that field? Why, why did you uh, hear the calling, I guess? <laughs> it's a wonderful field because uh, uh, most, of the, most of the diseases that we have are in some way treatable. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's wonderful because you see these fantastic organisms that mm-hmm. – that, impact our lives uh, and you have a chance to, to, to diagnose them and in almost all cases they're treatable uh, so that you see someone that goes away happy mm. it's not quite like having a baby and going away happy but mm. similar so you, you kind of liked during medical school like someone has a really kind of interesting or rare disease and you know an infectious disease they're the they're the specialist they kind of come in mm-hmm. Look under the microscope, uh, right. what, what have you, and then like, oh, they need this special type of antibiotic That's or antiviral right. agent, and boom, the patient gets better. That's right. Okay. Yeah, a good case of malaria or leptospirosis just makes my day. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, all right. Well, thanks, Dr. Hell, for coming on the podcast. Okay, thank you. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.